Does anybody else recall the moment they realized they weren't going to be sleeping for a while? Because I do. I remember Savannah was probably 12 hours old. It was probably like 6 p.m. We were trying to take a nap and I remember like laying down and Josh laid down and we put her in her bassinet thing that they have at the hospital. And I'm like, great, like, well, I'll just take like an hour, two hour long nap. And shortly into that nap, Savannah woke up and me and Josh jumped to what we do as parents in that moment. And then this kind of on back and forth for a good chunk of the night. And then I remember like 1 a.m. rolled around. She was asleep in her bassinet thing again, and I was laying down, and I'm like, okay, great. And then she wakes up, and I went and grabbed her and, you know, calmed her down and stuff. And they were very adamant about me not having her in the hospital bed with me while I was sleeping, which I understand why. And so, you know, I kept trying to put her down. And no, it was not happening. So I was just like, what's wrong? You know, like I <laughs> like didn't know what was wrong. I called the nurse and I was like, hey, I'm trying to put her down to sleep. She's not sleeping. Like, can you just make sure she's okay? And the nurse was like, if you want, I can give her a bath. And I was like, you know, a little hesitant because it was the middle of the night and I didn't necessarily want her to leave the room, but I was like, yeah, let's let's go ahead and do it. I trusted that nurse, she's my favorite nurse. And so I said, okay. So she went ahead and took her, I went ahead and took a nap and the nurse came back. I woke up and it clicked. I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm not gonna be getting more than like a couple hours of sleep here and there. And, you know, reality hit me like a ton of bricks because I really thought that I was going to get like at least, you know, a nice five, six hours of sleep while I was at the hospital, simply for the fact that a lot of people told me like, you know, let the hospital staff take care of you and sleep as much as you can because when you get home, like that's not happening. And I was like, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, I just like did the biggest thing ever. I just had this baby and I'm exhausted. And I was like, I am more than deserving of some time to rest. Yeah, jokes on me. That was not the case. And I'll even say this. It wasn't even like the hospital staff wasn't taking care of me. It was me. I was very much like, is the baby okay? Is she right here beside me? You know, just doing the thing that moms do when they have babies, which is cling on to them. Cause literally it's like your brain is like, oh, this baby was inside of you safe. And you knew exactly where they were at all the time. And <laughs> you didn't have to worry about it. And now they're outside of you and you have to Keep your eyes open and just watch them the whole time. Obviously, you know, we can't actually do that, but you're irrational in that moment. So yeah, you're gonna do whatever. It clicked for me. You're not gonna be getting much sleep anymore after this. <laughs>
My name is Brittany Drake, and you're listening to the Mom Homie Podcast, where I speak to moms that work from home, that stay home, or face it, any mom that's working, because chances are you're working in some shape or form. And I started this podcast because I wanted to make sure that there was a community and support around moms that are just trying to balance uh, work and their careers along with their children. I personally have been feeling a little isolated doing this on my own, but what I'm hoping is that there'll be some insight and some communication between me and other moms about you know how we you know get through the day to day and just um, love on our kids while also fulfilling ourselves in our careers. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're definitely doing in the work. I mean, you're managing a whole house, so you belong here too. I've always wanted to be a work-from-home mom, and I um, love that I am, but I guess I never realized how isolating it would be. Uh, I didn't realize uh, just how much work it was going to be as well. It can be overwhelming. It can be super rewarding as well. But either way, it's a lot. And I know that there are other work from home moms, especially now with the pandemic. And, you know, even when things start to feel more normal and everything, I still want to be a work from home mom. Let's start off with just taking a deep breath. And let's start with an affirmation as well. I am a great mom. Go ahead, say it to yourself. I am a great mom. And uh, I want to encourage you to do one thing for yourself today. So usually that one thing that I do for myself every day is take a shower. I know that, you know, some moms, they don't necessarily shower every day, which that's your business. I'm not saying you need to shower every day. But for me, a shower revitalizes me. It makes me feel like I have um, time for myself. And even if it's just 10 minutes, I'm like, I love this shower. (laughs) So make sure you do something for yourself today. Let's talk a little bit about sleep. The reason why I want to talk about sleep is because without sleep, it's really hard to function. I know y'all know that, but it's just one of those things where it's like, how am I even functioning right now? I remember when we were leaving the hospital, I was like, okay, I'm going to rely heavily on Josh and my mom to watch Savannah so that I could, you know, try to get a couple of hours of sleep. And even when I got home, like I just, I couldn't sit still. I couldn't not be in the same room with her. Like I just had to keep looking at her all the time. And just when you think like the lack of sleep can't get any worse, it does. And you're like, how is this even possible? (laughs) And what did nature do? Like, why did nature make us this way? (laughs) You know, why did nature make us this way? Obviously, something changes in our brains and hormonally things change. But yeah, it's just like, why? How? Huh? I can't believe how quick this year has gone by. But she's, you know, almost 11 months old. And I find that most nights I am watching my family sleep. And I feel resentment about that because I'm like, you look comfortable and you look comfortable and you look comfortable. This is me talking to Savannah, Josh, and the cat. And I'm just laying there and I'm tired, but I can't go to sleep. And 
I'm like, am I anxious about something? Am I overly tired? Just there's all these questions as to like, why can't I sleep the way that you guys are sleeping? So this episode is about sleep resentment and I'm calling it sleep resentment because there is, you know, feelings of like jealousy and just like, you know, how come I can't be you in this moment? I especially feel that way about Josh, which he's let me know he actually doesn't sleep as well as I think he's sleeping. But yeah, there's definitely resentment there. And I say this lightly. I'm not, you know, saying this as a, a way to bash our husbands or the people in our house that are sleeping better than we are. All I'm saying is that I feel this and somebody else has to be feeling this too. What I hate most about the sleep resentment is that it makes me feel short-tempered and it makes me feel like my response to everything is with a grunt, especially in the morning. Like Josh is like, you want some coffee? Yeah. <laughs> That's how my response is. Yeah. And I feel like I'm also competing with Josh when I'm talking about like the lack of sleep. Because so the first thing we say to each other besides, you know, good morning is how'd you sleep? And most mornings, Josh is like, I slept pretty good. I got up a few times. And I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, I was up all night. Why am I competing with you on the lack of sleep? Why? No one wants to hold a trophy for that. I certainly don't want to hold a trophy for that. But anyway, I think it's one of those things where it's like we have to validate ourselves with understanding the sacrifice we put into being moms and having our brain chemistry altered and our bodies altered and just everything like changed. And even though I may feel like a troll, there is a point where you eventually do go to sleep. And when you wake up, you're like, wow, this is wonderful. I feel so much better. I feel like I can function. I feel like I love my family again. You just, you know, you start to feel like yourself. And more recently, I've been experiencing that. But for a long time, I was like thinking that I will never feel rested again. And that's not true. So there is light at the end of the tunnel. Last time I took Savannah to the doctor, her doctor said that she should be sleeping through the night. And she actually um, said it in such a way where it seemed like she was the most concerned about anything we've ever addressed at Savannah's appointments. And uh, she was like, she's not sleeping through the night yet. And I'm like, no, um, she's like, she should be sleeping through the night. She's at an age now where she doesn't have to eat for, you know, 12 hours. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm like, she's not. And like, I don't feel bad about it. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with Savannah. And honestly, I did some research and there's, you know, sleep regression and stuff. And I think that I have nothing to compare it to, but I think that Savannah had a particularly bad case of sleep regression. First of all, the girl is like, she has FOMO like no other. Like we will literally let her down for a nap and 10 seconds later, she's up. Okay, not 10 seconds, but 15 minutes later, she's up. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way that you got good rest and she's fussy and she's annoyed and you know, kind of short with me and Josh. And her favorite thing now is to shake her head no. But 
yeah, she's not sleeping through the night yet. And yes, she's almost a year old. Now, initially I thought maybe she wasn't eating enough. Then I thought maybe she wasn't having enough milk and just different things. And there was a lot of trial and error trying to figure out what was the problem. And then I finally was like, you know what? You know, just everybody, everybody sleeps differently. Everybody finds their rest differently. And I think when it comes to Savannah and her not sleeping through the night, I just sort of have to respect that and be patient with that and just try to help her understand like it's time to rest now and um, not put so much stress on it because that doesn't help her and it certainly doesn't help me. So if you have a baby that sleeps through the night, kudos to you. I'm so happy for you. Please get some rest. If you don't, I'm there with you and you know, eventually we will get there moms, just hang tight. With Savannah's sleep regression, I am the one that is usually up with her uh, simply for the fact that my schedule is way more flexible than Josh's. He works Monday through Friday, nine to five. And yes, he works from home, but he needs to be rested to do what he does because he works with numbers and takes a lot of meetings. And I'm also still breastfeeding. So knowing all of that, I'm like, I'll be the one that takes over most of the nighttime duties because out of the two of us, not that, you know, me resting is any less important than him, but obviously Savannah needs me more. And the other thing is one of us has to get rest, you know, <laughs> as much as I joke around about, you know, if I'm up, you're up. That's not the case. I'd rather one of us get some sleep and one of us be able to function because if I need to take a nap during the day, the next day, I'm going to do it. He can't do that. So because I have a little bit more flexibility with my schedule, I'm the one that usually takes over the, the nighttime duties. Some of the tools that help are, you know, having a humidifier because it gets really dry, especially now in the winter. It gets really dry in the room. And we also have a thermometer. What I like about the thermometer is it tells me like how humid the room is. It tells me what the temperature is, obviously. And it tells me some other things, but I focus on the humidity and the temperature because if it's super dry in the room, like all of us have... We're like in there like, you know, even the cat starts snoring. Like it just, it's not comfortable. Having like something that tells me what it's like in there helps me say, okay, we need to turn on the humidifier tonight or we don't need it tonight because it literally says like it's wet, it's dry, or it's perfect. <laughs> so I recommend having a thermometer that tells you those things. And I recommend a humidifier as well. And then we also have a air purifier that circulates air in the room as well, which before Savannah came home, I was looking at ways to make sure that the room is just right for babies because I was very, very, very nervous about SIDS. Some of the trials we went through were how late we would have Savannah eat dinner. She 
is a night owl like us. So she goes to bed late and she wakes up on the later side most mornings. Sometimes she'll get up early with us, but she doesn't stay up long. But one of the things we did is that we changed how late she eats dinner. So we wanted to try to feed her breakfast no later than like 10 a.m., 10.30 a.m. And then making sure she had lunch somewhere between, I'd say like one and three and then dinner no later than 7.30. And the reason why I was like, let's change how she eats and stuff is because I thought maybe she was having some digestive issues, which is why she was staying up at night. And then I also um, tried to change her nap schedule. She takes about two naps a day. So she'll take one at like one or two and then another one at like five. And then a very short 20 minute nap somewhere between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. And that's all she needed to be revitalized. I was like, girl, <laughs> no. I'm like, we cannot do these 20 minute naps this late. Either you're down for bed for the night or you know, that's it. But she doesn't care. So she definitely still takes her night nap. But what we do is, my mom kind of helped with this too. She said, you know, don't let her sleep more than 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, well, how do you wake a baby without like totally disrupting their flow and stuff. She was like, you know, tickle her ear, tickle the palm of her hand, tickle her foot. And then that way she'll like gently wake up. And I said, okay, so we've tried that. And it actually helped quite a bit because even though she was taking that night nap, she still come midnight was ready to lay down. We also stopped watching TV with her, at least on the weekdays, we don't watch TV with her. If it's, you know, bedtime, then Josh may read and then I'll feed her. We make sure that it's low lighting and things like that. Just because I was concerned for her. I don't want to disrupt her growth. I don't want her to get into bad habits. And when the time comes for her to go to school and things like that, for her to have a hard time getting rested enough for the following day. Initially, I put a lot of stress on trying to make things work a certain way. But I read this article by the Mayo Clinic and it basically said like, respect your baby schedule. And I said, okay. So right now, all I can do is be patient and to continue our bedtime routine and it's getting a lot better and it's improved quite a bit actually i think we're almost phased out of night naps which is good i don't consider something a routine until we've done it straight for a week and i'd say it's probably day like four maybe five where savannah hasn't needed a night nap which is wonderful so i'm hoping that we have these things resolved by her first birthday. What I want to conclude about this whole thing is go with grace. Just go with grace. I think as moms, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we feel a lot of pressure from the outside because we wonder who's watching and we shouldn't have to worry about people judging us, especially if they don't matter. Like, there's just certain people where it's like, they don't know you, you don't know them. 
just because something works for them one way doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work for you and your family. You have to examine your household and look inward. And when I say look inward, literally look inward, look at your house and also look within yourself. Ask yourself, what are you capable of? You know, and ask for help. Definitely ask for help. If you have options for people to help you, take advantage of that. People want to help. There's a reason there's that saying, it takes a village. People want to help. Obviously with pandemic, there's limitations to that. But if you have a inner circle and you trust them, ask them for help. They're going to want to help you and you're going to be happy they did at the end of the day. So go with grace, make plans to get your partner involved and other people involved and make sure that whatever you come up with that people are respectful of that and that they're following that. And if they're not, then don't include them as part of your village. I'm not saying that you have to damn them and you can never talk to them, but I'm just saying that if they're not seeing eye to eye with your plan or whatever, they don't have to be involved. And be patient with your baby. One of the things I do when I'm feeling overwhelmed by Savannah's needs and not just her sleep needs, but just her needs in general, is I make it a point to make her laugh or go back and look at pictures of her and just bask in the fact that like I've been momming for almost a year now and that she is safe and that she's loved and that we've gotten to this point. And it really does help. It does help with your sanity. <laughs> and try not to resent everybody. I know that we <laughs> said that this was about sleep resentment. But yeah, try not to resent everybody. No one's doing anything wrong. Obviously, everybody needs to sleep, including the cat. If you are feeling resentment about other people sleeping, it's not them. It's you. And that's okay. That's okay to feel that way. But just understand it's not them. It's you. And that you have to figure out ways to sleep. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the next episode. And you'll be surprised at what sort of sleep you'll come across. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with friends. I'm on all the major social medias and the next episode comes out February 22nd. If you have any inquiries and want to get involved with Mom Homie Podcast, whether that is to be a guest or to um, share a story, please email me at momhomie at copywritingbrit.com. Okay, thanks for listening. Love you moms.